0: Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star as we kick off a brand new series called Tension. So I'm gonna let you get ahead a little bit. Go ahead and take your Bibles. Turn to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 8 is where we're going to camp out of this morning. <clears throat> On the way in, you were given a note page. Um, You can use that to jot down some notes. The easiest way to follow along is in the North Star Church app, North Star Church Georgia in the App Store, and it will give us lots and lots of ways to follow along. But I'm so glad you're here to kick off 2023. We had a massive crowd at 930, and I know in this service we've got those of you in the theater, those of you in True North, in the chapel, and all of you watching online. We're just glad you're here because we live in a world of tension. I don't have to explain it. You feel it. You know it. Every week we're going to talk about different tensions. So I want to say this at the top. Tensions aren't bad right? I remember this summer I was doing a camp up in South Carolina and I was doing a lesson on this, but it was all about parenting and and all that kind of stuff with a group about 30 parents. And one of them was an Air Force construction person. They came up and they said, Mike, you know what it looks like when there's no tension right in a bridge. And he showed me this bridge that was just going because the tension wasn't right. We have to learn how to manage Tensions. Today, we're going to talk about busyness. How many of you would go, oh, yeah, baby, I understand busyness. Raise your hand. Oh, yeah. All right? We don't, we don't have to. Do Listen, work, jobs, kids, stuff, life crams the calendar, and we are perpetually busy. Margin is what we all want, But we have such a hard time finding and living in. We want margin. I mean, when's the last time you walked up to somebody and you went, how are you doing? They're like, I've got nothing going on, man. I mean, I don't even know what to tell. That doesn't happen, right? We have to learn how to live in between busyness and margin. There's a little blank right there at the top. It's the first little slide that's going to pop up, but I think it sets us Some things in life aren't problems to be solved. They're tensions to be managed. Some things in life aren't problems to be solved. They're tensions to be managed. You will, ladies and gentlemen, have to figure out how to manage busyness and margin. You're gonna live there. That is your life. And depending on the age of your children, it can get even worse and worse, right? There's those seasons you're you're going, Ann and I only had two children while we believed in a man-to-man defense. We didn't want to play zone, all right? And so it's very hard. And when you look at this, you go, is it even possible? Is it even possible in the world we live in to figure out an answer? And I believe it is. But you will always feel the tension. So, to look at how we do it, to look at how we figure it out, let's look at the life of Christ. Think about this. Jesus was on earth 33 years. He only spent three years in ministry. That means for three years, he packed all of eternity's mission into three years on earth. Meaning, To pave people's way to heaven was all accomplished in a three-year earthly mission. He was in a hurry. His schedule was packed. Why? Because your and my eternity was on the line. But yet, during it, we watch his life live in tension, and he learns to figure it out. Would y'all stand with me today in, in honor of reading God's Word together? It's a great story. So if at any point I'm talking and you don't read what I'm saying, just look up because we'll chat about it a little bit. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. All right, time out real quick. Everybody in that crowd had an agenda for Jesus. Jesus. Everybody in that crowd had something they needed from Jesus. Just being in a crowd causes tension. Would y'all agree with that? Uh, After Christmas, we decided it would be a great idea to go as a family to Disney because it wouldn't be crowded after Christmas. Great decision, right? And so we saw most of humanity standing in a line at Disney, and there's just crowds everywhere you go. You're just bumping into people. Jesus gets off the boat and the crowd. Do you think people just stood there? No. What do people do? They begin to rush Jesus. So you get the picture. This isn't like Jesus gets off and there's a couple people sitting here and having a picnic and a family over here. and They're waving. These are desperate people. Get the picture. Verse 41. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue. He came and he fell at Jesus' feet, pleading him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12, was dying. The very first encounter Jesus has on this shore is with a man who's the leader of the local synagogue who grabs him. How many of you have a child at home? Raise your hand. Can you imagine how desperate you would be? I mean, you, you, there are no more answers. Jesus is the only answer. And Jairus comes up, and he grabs Jesus, and he's like, you got to come home with me. I want you to watch what happens. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. So while Jesus is trying to go with Jairus, the crowd's just pressing in on him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe, and immediately the bleeding stopped. So, a rabbi back then would wear a robe, and each tassel represented a different part of the rabbi, his ministry. When she grabbed that tassel, something happened. Look at what happened. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. And Jesus asked the question, who, what are the next two words? The crowd's pressing in. Everybody's touching him. But not like this touch. Not like what he experienced. I want you to watch what happens. It's a fascinating story. Everybody denied it, and Simon Peter, who always had to speak up, he was the kid in class who would always raise their hand. Simon Peter pops up and said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing against you. Basically, in the 2023 Ackworth version of the Bible, Simon Peter said, Jesus, what the heck, man? Everybody's bumping into you. That's basically what Simon Peter's saying. But Jesus said, somebody deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out of me. When the woman realized she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble. She fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. And Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Can we agree? That was an amazing miracle. Can we agree on that? All right. Jairus is still waiting for Jesus to go heal his 12-year-old kid. Can you imagine being Jairus? Ladies, no offense. When a lady starts talking to Jesus, you're like, we're going to have to have a seat for a while, all right? And so she's got Jesus' ear, and she's telling him, what's going on? In the middle of this miracle is a massive tension. Am I with Jairus, and I'm walking by the lady, or am I with the lady and forgetting Jairus? And that's what we're going to talk about. Would you pray with me? Father, speak to our hearts. We get it. We see it, we understand it, but we don't know what to do with it. God, Holy Spirit, step in this room today. Speak into our hearts and lives. And God, we need to hear from you. And God, I pray this now in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Now, before you're seated, you gotta find two people. It's your one opportunity. You gotta say to these two people you speak to, Go dogs or go frogs? All right, I don't care which one. Just go on and do it real quick. I did not say bark. That is not what I said. How did Jesus learn to do this? Number one word for your little blank today. I'm telling you guys, you need. we need, I need it. Present. 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 Jesus was present. Busy. Crazy. Crowded. Nuts. Pushing. Shoving. Desperateness. But in the middle of it, he was present. Present's hard to be present, isn't it? If you were over 40 in the room, would you agree, and there'll be a reason I'll tie this in here in a second, would you agree it's harder to be present now than it was when we were all growing up? Can we agree with that? I remember my dad... He's the executive VP of a large company. When he came home on Friday, he didn't get a phone call about work until he got back on Monday morning. Now, we have this beautiful thing called technology. So, we were talking about it this morning. So, there was a group of us down here for our, our tech team that coordinates all the crazy stuff going on. And these guys are amazing, all volunteers. And one of them said, do you remember Nextel? Do y'all remember Nextel phones? It was amazing. I was like, bleep. All right, and this little, and people, it was like a walkie-talkie. It was like traveling walkie. It was amazing. It was amazing. And then you had guys with Blackberries. like some Blackberries at Oregon all the time. I was going through my contacts file the other day, and I, I had this guy in my contacts for a long time, and I still had his pager number. I'm like, I think I can get rid of that now. I don't think he's going to be using the pager anymore. We're so connected, we're never anywhere. True? So we planned this great trip with our family. Our two kids both got married, and we're like, we want to do a trip before there's grandkids, and we want to do a trip just as a family. And there's the six of my favorite people in the world, my favorite, not of my favorite, my favorite people in the world, sitting in a room, and we all get on our devices, and we are everywhere but where we are. Does that make sense to everybody? I'm at Disney, the happiest place on earth. I will debate that. But anyways, (laughs) the happiest place on earth. And I'm looking at where you are. And your meal looked better than my meal. Because we had to pay 40 bucks for a burger, fries, and a Coke, right? And so I'm looking at your steak going, God, I wish I was eating that steak right now. y'all ever do this? And we transport ourselves from wherever we are to wherever we wished we were. And we struggle with being present. Moms and dads, we struggle with being present with your children. How many of you have children in your home under the age of 18? Raise your hand. They will not be in your home forever. Hopefully. All right. So as the goal. somebody, said yes, they will. That's a prayer. That's a prayer. All right. We'll, we'll talk about that. That's a prayer. Present. Listen, technology is a beautiful thing when we manage the tension correctly. Some of us, the best thing we're going to do in 2023 is we're going to put our stuff down, and we're going to be there. This summer at camp I was talking about, it was up in South Carolina, and there are 70 college kids, these incredibly talented college kids that work the camp And the way they designed it. There's 30 couples there. I'm speaking to the parents about parenting and marriage and all that stuff. And then the kids do their own thing. And then we would all eat dinner together. So I was at a dinner table every night with different families. And these college kids would sit at our tables. And I'm like, they were so engaged. They were asking questions and they were remembering what I said last night. And I asked one of them, I said, where's your phone? And they said, We turn them in on Saturday nights. We don't get them until everybody leaves on Saturday morning. We get our phones for eight hours. I said, Do you miss it? The little girl said, The first week I did, but now I don't even want it back. Remember sitting at your grandparents' table when you were growing up? And they were just present. They listened, they remembered. Jesus in the middle of this craziness. Think about the story. Jairus was the most important person. He's heading to help him when the lady touches him. Somehow in the middle of the nuttiness, Jesus was present. For some of us, 2023 needs to be the year of presence. We need to be not, listen to me, not there. We need to be all there. To hear, to listen, to watch. You ever talk to somebody who never makes eye contact with you? They're always looking where they're going next. There's something about being present. Look at the way. Jesus said this, I love this in Matthew. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Don't worry, which gets us into the busyness. I'm not gonna keep up. My child's gonna get left behind or whatever. be present. You know, I think back to growing up. It was a much simpler time. My parents were not real concerned about what everybody else was getting to do. I came to find out. I would say, you know, that well, that's nice. I remember this was said in my home. I got a letter. I didn't tell this Thirty. I got a letter inviting me to the Pan Am games, my junior year of high school. And I remember showing it to my mother and she's like, you play in Fayetteville, Georgia, that's good enough. You don't need to be traveling all across the world. Baseball here is just fine. They just were not worried about that stuff. Present. But I sure miss those conversations around the dinner table. I sure miss them remembering things. Present. So how was Jesus able to do that? I think the story helps us Mark chapter 1. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and he went out to an isolated place to, what's the next word? God's son, son of man, equal in one body. Before the disciples got moving, he got up. And he went and prayed. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. I bet Jesus was thrilled when they showed, showed up. So they went out to find him and they found him and said, everybody's looking for you. Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well and I'll preach to them too. That's why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. How in the world was Jesus able to manage the tension. He was present, and here's the next word, ready? Prayer. Before a day began, he got his marching orders from his father. How was he able to manage the tension between Jairus and the lady? How was he able to be present? I believe prayer. I want you to to hear this. The first voice that speaks to you every day will be the voice that tells you what to do that day. So is the first voice I hear from the Lord or is the first voice I hear from Instagram, Reels, TikTok, Twitter, the news? Whatever voice it is, is gonna manage my day. Do I open my Bible and say, Lord, I need to hear from you today. I need you to show me today what is the most important thing. Or do I just get up and just start listening to voices, which leads me to be here, right? Because let me tell you something. You get pats on the back for being here. You, you get promoted. Busyness isn't bad. Busyness is great. Jesus left the prayer and got busy, didn't he? We got got a lot of work to do, boys. We got three years to get all this in. But in the middle of it, he was able to manage the tension because he prayed. I want you to write this down under number two. Lock eyes with Jesus every day. Mike, I want a deep spiritual walk. I'll tell you, give you a great deep spiritual walk. Lock eyes with Jesus every day and take one step closer to him. You're gonna love where you end up. This is not complicated, but it's hard. It's not easy, but it's necessary. Digging Deeper is, an, is a uh, resource that Northstar North puts out Every day Cole Ragsdale releases a podcast, a video on YouTube and an, a digital email that goes out every day that gives you a chance to lock eyes with Jesus that day. What if in 2023 we listened to his verse voice first, not last? Can you imagine what could be different about our lives? how I could see through the clutter and see what was really important. Listen, it's not, this, this is a, remember, it's a tension. It's not bad, it's good. I remember when our kids were growing up, it used to get frustrating for them when they were little because every time we went out to eat, people would come up to our table. Hey, we wanted to introduce ourselves. We're so-and-so, we're visiting, or we go to North Star, or what, whatever. And I remember we got frustrated, and I remember saying one day, you understand, if you live in a community for 20 years and nobody knows you, we're not eating out, all right? And so I, I remember having that conversation. It's, it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. Busyness isn't bad. Busyness is good, if we can manage the tension with margin, we pray. What does praying do? Praying slows our soul down. I remember hearing a, a a guy on a podcast this spring. I was driving down the road. I always listen to podcasts, and he made a statement. And I'd pull my car over to put the statement down. And the statement was this: His name's Alan Fadling, and he said this. He said, it's possible to have a busy schedule with an unhurried soul. It's possible to have a busy schedule with an unhurried soul. That's presence, and that's prayer. Ann and I, this past year, we started doing an app, going through an app that a buddy of mine had told me about. It's called Lectio. Lectio. L-E-C-T-I-O Lectio 365, and it's an audio morning and evening devotion. And we listen to the evening every night. Let me tell you why I like it. Number one, it's an audio. There's something wired in me that when I read something, I feel like I need to hurry through it and check it off. Do you hear y'all that way? I, there's this performer part of me like, Lord, I did it. Like he's going, Mike, I'm so proud of you. You read, you don't know what you read. You don't know how long, what it was about, but I, I get it done. This app has been so good for Ann and I because I was really good at starting my day, terrible at ending my day. Looking back at my day, thanking the Lord for what it I'm telling you, it slowed my soul, and it helps us rest. Presence, prayer. But Jesus encountered a lady. Luke chapter 10, verse 41, he was visiting a home, and two sisters lived there, Mary and Martha. Martha was very, very frustrated with Mary that she wasn't helping her. She was sitting at Jesus' feet. Martha, Martha, you're worried. This is so good. You are worried and upset about how many things? What's he say next? She's scattered. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what's better and it will not be taken away from her. Our next blank today is prioritize. Prioritize. The word priority was created. Cole sent me this this week. It was fascinating. The word priority came about in the 1400s, and it was a singular focused word till the 1900s when we pluralized it. And it became priorities, so we can have multiple important things. The problem with multiple important things is, all of them are important. And all of a sudden we're pulled, and we have no margin, zero margin. Because we say yes, we haven't learned to say no to anything. We never declutter our calendar. We gotta figure out what matters. Casey and me Michael were little. A gentleman named Eddie Bishop took me to breakfast. They were tiny. I and mean, they're probably in their early childhood years. Eddie and I met down at a little restaurant in Kennesaw called Whistle Stop. If you all remember, you've been around Kennesaw a while. Met at Whistle Stop. And Eddie looked at me, and he said this. Mike, you've got to figure out over these coming years, North Star was growing, and we were sort of making a name for ourselves, And this was his statement to me. Do you want everybody outside of North Star to know your name? Or do you want everybody inside your house to know you? You got to figure that out. He goes, there's going to be a day your kids are going to grow up and they're going to leave the house. And you got the rest of your life to go do what the world's going to pull you towards. But you only got one shot at being a dad. I'm telling you, best advice I ever got. Therefore, we made our family our priority. I said no to a lot of things I would have loved to have said yes to. They would have helped me financially. They would have helped me branding, all that stuff. But when I sit down with my kids now, and they're my friends, I have no regrets. Priorities. Prioritize. Some of us need to begin our year going through our calendar, going, what can't stay here if we are going to be who God created us to be? So let's just deal with the elephant in the room. Okay, before I say it, everybody look at me. You know I love you. Yes? Everybody know that? You didn't say yes. Do you know that I love you? Everybody knows that. All right. You're all right. Sorry, you're making me nervous. All right. So you know I love you. You know I love sports. Everybody agree with that? That's the only illustrations I got. I'm stupid. All right. That's all I got. But I got I got sports illustrations for at least 15 more years. All right. Sports have become more of a priority in our lives than church has. How do we know that? Well, that's where people go. I love sports. There's attention. Why in record numbers are kids walking away from the church in their 20s? Here's why, Because it wasn't a priority for their mom and dad when they were growing up. Amen. Amen. I love I was just with 8,000 baseball coaches in Nashville. I get listen, I get it. I love it. But somewhere we've got to go enough's enough. I'm not going to raise you and miss every Sunday. So this, let me tell you where this comes from. This past spring, I was in the bullpen. We were playing a game. We were up pretty big. And this kid was really struggling on our team. He's really struggling. He's a catcher. And I said, hey man, let's go down to the bullpen. Go, gear up and come down to the bullpen, which is code for, he's like, is anybody getting ready? I'm like, no, just meet me in the bullpen, which is code for as Casey went, oh, dear Lord, poor kid. All right. And so as we head down to the bullpen together, so we get out there. Now, we're just talking about life and stuff. And, and I said, man, did you ever go to church? Because I, I didn't think he went. He goes, coach, this is what he, I'm repeating him. Coach, I went every Sunday till I was 13. I said, where do you go now? He goes, coach, I haven't been back to church since I was 13. He said, why? I said, my team started traveling on the weekends. some point for all of us, those gears get hung up. Your faith ain't going anywhere. What's the answer, Mike? I don't know. You're going to have to figure that out. It's attention. For me, I coached my kids' team. Why? Because we played two weekends a month. Played two weekends a month. Two of them, we were off, and we ended by July 1. And you know what? All those kids turned out just fine. If they're good, guess what? They find you. It's amazing. These guys get paid a lot of money to find talent. If you're not good, you could play every day and Sunday and you still ain't good. You know what I'm talking about? And so we've got to figure out how to manage it. Listen to me. When Joshua said, but it's for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You got to figure that out. What's important to you will be replicated in how they live. For some of us, the brand, I just stood down here and talked to a guy I've known for years in coaching. And he goes, Mike, I got my kids' calendars and we just they got three kids. He said, I just put them out. And we're like, we won't be in church for the next six months. Six months. And he's like, what do I do? And I said, well, when enough parents go, you know what? We're not doing this every weekend. We'll give you one or we'll give you two, but I'm not giving you four. That's when things start changing. It's amazing. Follow the dollar and people will begin to change. Here's what I'm not telling I'm not telling you how to handle it. I don't know. All I know is busyness and margin aren't getting easier, but I know this, when we prioritize, we win. Because I begin to tell my calendar what matters, not my calendar telling me what matters. Does that make sense to everybody? It's attention. Is that right or wrong? I love, listen, I love it. I'll be at a lot of the games. I'm there watching. I, I get it. But we've got to figure out who is this for me and what matters for me. Would you pray with me? Father, today, we sit in this tension, busyness and margin. God, may we be present. God, may we pray. And Father, may we prioritize what truly matters. And God, for some of us, this is gonna be the year we say, you know what, I'm not gonna go to church one out of every five or six Sundays. No. We're going to go as much as we can. We're going to make it a party. I want my kids to know how much this matters. Because I know people there love them to Jesus. God, may we be people that seek you in your heart. That is my prayer. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you all join me? And let's thank the Lord for our time together this morning.